Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is streamline your logistics operations with my friend Srinivas Bamu Lapali. I hope I got that last name right, (laughs) Srini. (laughs) So anyway, Srini, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Thanks, Zoe. Thanks for having me. Uh, As you mentioned, my name is uh, Srinivas Vemalupali. I go by Srini. Uh, I'm calling from uh, India, a southern part of India called a place called Hyderabad. So I represent MTech, nice. Digital Services. Uh, so basically, we are into IT service uh, sector. We're a uh, digital service provider headquartered in Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. And like so many technology companies now, you have a whole bunch of people in the U.S. and a whole bunch of people in India and probably a whole bunch of people in Europe. It's it, we have we have these uh, centers of competence, and uh, India is part of that game these days. So. I'm excited to talk about this topic because we're going to talk about technology. And there's so many technologies out there that uh, just can make such a difference in streamlining, making things faster, better, cheaper. And I will also suggest that even if you have like a TMS or a WMS or ERP, we have these long supply chains that have lots of gaps. And before we hit record, Trini, you were talking about silos and we have all these information silos that you know there's information that you have that i don't and that that uh information that you need that i have and there's no reason we can't share this and there's ways to do it and the way is with technology so anyway stick around and learn a little bit about that but before we go any further Srini, tell us a little bit about you you've got an interesting background I'm in IT for uh, over 25 years now, uh, Joe. So I was, uh, started my career here in India and then moved to U.S. in 99. Uh, was there for uh, 11 years, mostly in Cincinnati area. So then I came back to India in 2010 and uh, started working for MTech six years back. So well, tell us a little bit about So when you moved here to the United States, I knew you, you knew something about it. You've probably been here before. What was surprised you about moving to the U.S.? Well, so one thing is, it's all about the process, right? I mean, how organized and structured it is compared to India, where it is completely kind of a chaos if you get onto road, right? I mean, you will see a lot of traffic, a lot of people. You got a lot of people in I India. I think, I mean, right now we bypass China. So I think we are about 1.3, 1.4 billion. So obviously, I mean, there is a lot of uh, chaos out there, uh, right? So that, that's the first um, thing that you'll notice when you get into U.S. Basically, you don't hear honking, people honking at you. I mean, if somebody is honking at you, then it's, it's kind of a <laughs> uh, issue, right? So you don't hear most of those things there. It's more structured process, right? That, that's a major difference that you see uh, when you get into U.S. Yep. So what did you miss about India while you are living Of course, here? it's the family. So typically, I mean, we have strong ties with our family background, friends and family is that that's the most thing that we missed. And that's one of the reasons, I mean, why I moved back to India after 11 years. Did you miss the food? Of course. Nowadays, I mean, you get Indian food in most of the U.S. cities, but it's primarily the friends and families. I know I live near Ann Arbor and um, I have some Indian friends. And when they say they're from India 
And I always say, where, where are we going to meet? I said, let's meet at Indian food, like where you would eat if you had your choice. Because there's like a whole bunch of Indian restaurants that I don't see any Indians in. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's get into this topic today. So today's topic is streamline your logistics operations with my friend Srini. So how how are companies and how is MTech helping companies streamline their logistics operations? Uh, so I'll give you a little bit of background about um, our company, uh, Joe, right? Uh, so we are basically a global service provider providing digital engineering solutions and uh, transformation solutions. So our core p- philosophy is client for life, right? Uh, so where we have, we have I mean, uh, customers which are with us for almost like 10 plus years. They're working with us. They started it with a small team and then they grow and we grow with them, right? So that's what we call it as a client for life approach. And uh, we empowered organizations to thrive where digital technology is process transformation for over 25 years now. And we have uh, 1,400 plus consultants across um, US, Canada, and India. And of course, when we have more than um, 1,700 clients and um, in different domains, right? Logistics, FinTech, energy, utilities, healthcare. And currently we have about 100 plus active engagements going on. Wow. So one of the primary focus for us is logistics is one of our core competency. Uh, so we have almost like 400 plus uh, member team working exclusively on 3PL logistics related customers in North America. I think, I mean, we have half of the top 10 logistics customers uh, as our customers, right? So we are providing. Uh, and and you also work with transportation management yes. system and WMS. So you work with the technology providers, but also with the 3PLs and brokers. So anything related to logistics, right, it can be a pure 3PL player or somebody who provides solutions for 3PL, we work with them, right? So basically, we help them in all aspects of digital transformation, starting from your strategy consulting, product design, development, automation, AI, ML services, managed software services as well, right? So we help the entire life cycle of the software development process with our customers, right? Yep. So when we talk about streamlining logistics operations. Let's just say I have a small freight brokerage and I say, I know all the big boys are using all sorts of technology and they're talking about digital transformation, which is this ideal that I have, but I don't know how to get there. I don't want to spend all my money on tech, but I know I have to get started. How do I how do I get to this place where streamlining logistics operations? So before getting into that, I mean, some of the points around logistics, right? I mean, if you look at the global 3PL market, based on the current estimation, it's going at around 8% to CAGR. And right now it's about $900 billion and it's supposed to be like $1.3 trillion by 2025. And out of that, if you just look at US, the 3PL market itself, it's close to like $300 billion. Right. So one of the things, I mean, if you... Big players are getting in that market too. Yeah. One of the things that you notice is if you look at the market, it's relatively fragmented. There are a lot of players. So of course, I mean, you have these top 10 players, but you have the smaller players as well as in the market, right? So it's very fragmented market. And typically what happens when you have these fragmented players in the market, your application landscape is also fragmented. Right, you have different type of applications. Right. Each one it may be a third-party application, or it may be in-house uh, application. And when you have this application fragmentation, they don't talk to each other uh, effectively. Right, you don't have like a, a standard way of communicating. Right, so obviously that is going to create these digital silos. What we call it as a digital silo. So how do I my system talk to your system, or uh, my system will talk to a different um, uh, application? Right, so that's where we see a lot of issues. 
And uh, that is where uh, the streamlining of operations come into picture, right? How we can uh, help these logistics companies by utilizing IPA, intelligent process automation, and then build those gaps uh, with IPA. Wait, so you jumped to something there. So you said IPA. Well, first off, I think you said RPA in there too. So first off, what is RPA? So RPA stands for Robotic Process Automation. It's nothing but a piece of software, basically, which takes a repetitive business process and it mimics the human-computer interaction. And then the same operation can be automated so that you can run it a number of times, right, any number of times with limited errors or no errors, faster, cheaper because your software can run 24-7. That means whatever operation that human is doing now, I can do it 24-7. Not only that, I can do it faster and less errors, right? So I know I heard one uh, com- uh, one company told me that using RPA, they would get hundreds of emails coming in. And those emails, a lot of them would say, I want a quote and it would give a, a pick up here, deliver here, here's the freight. And RPA would take that information, it would recognize that information inside an email and respond to that email, I'll get you a quote shortly, and then put it into the transportation management system in the right fields, and then generate a quote and send that quote back out. And usually, I, I, I think this is the way a lot of people are doing it, the quote would say, by now. Exactly, exactly. As opposed to the old way, which is I have to open up those 100 emails I got. I look it over, I put it in my system, and then I generate a quote, and then I take that out of my TMS, and I send them a link or something saying, how about $4,000 for that? And they respond, my best price is $3,800. And I, I look, talk to the boss, come back and say, we can do 3900 <laughs> And then they, an hour later, respond, yeah. I went with somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly the differentiation between RPA and IPA, Joe, right? So the first part of our automation is your robotic process automation, which is basic process automation, right? Where it's a piece of software, you tell us what to do, and then it's going to do that work. Now you extend that a step further, and you apply cognitive services on top of your RPA, right? When you say cognitive service, it can be AI, ML, it can be a natural language processing, what you're talking about, or a natural language understanding, natural language generation, or a computer vision, OCR. So you apply all these type of um, cognitive services on top of your process automation so that they're not only a simple rule-based uh, process, but they can actually learn, adopt, and optimize that process even further, right? So one of the use cases, as you mentioned, is um, natural language processing. So logistics is one of the area where they see a lot of emails coming in. Could be hundreds for each guy. Yeah, it's more than that, more than that. In fact, I mean, some of our customers, they receive almost like 50,000, 60,000 emails a month, right? And these can be different wow. type of emails. It can be your uh, request for a quote. Here, yeah, have um, uh, this particular uh, material that I want to move from A to B. Can you give me a quote for this? Or, hey, where is my load? Right, it's a status inquiry. Or maybe, hey, I have this truck available. Can you enter it into your TMS system so that it's visible to your customers, right? Or it can be just a general inquiry, right? So all these type of emails coming into your uh, reps inboxes and 
every email, if somebody has to manually read that email and then take an action, it's a very time consuming process, right? Not only that, let's say for example, you are asking for a, a quote, right? I have an email and I have all the information, but how do I take this information and put it into my system? And my system, it can be a desktop based application or a web application or something then I need to take this information, key it into the other system and get the information from the other system and then translate that into an email, put it that back into the email and then send it back, right? So when you look at this entire process, it's a very time consuming process. So that's where your intelligent process automation is going to be helpful, where it will come, it will analyze that email through your NLP engine and then it's going to classify, hey, this is for spot code, this is for your status inquiry, this is for, uh, truck availability or asset availability email, right? And then based on that, it's going to put into one of those buckets and then the model will extract whatever the relevant information from that email and fill in that. And then not only that, I mean, it can actually call an API or it can basically launch a web page, enter this information into the website, extract that information. And then you can apply the natural language generation on top of that so that it formats that back into a message, right? A human readable message and then send it back to the customer. So the ideal scenario is going to be you receive an email, you do all the processing, and then a response goes out automatically, right? Right. So the robotic part, robotic process automation, that's not necessarily intelligent. It's not necessarily creating an email. But when you're creating, you know, maybe a, a processing natural language that it sees in their email to them, it's responding to it. And potentially... I get from a place where I'm have a human sitting there responding to maybe hundreds of emails a day. And by the way, also they're time sensitive, right? So everybody who's in that business knows if they respond an hour after they receive the email, that it, that freight might've already been moved by somebody else or won by somebody else. Yeah, that's right. A very time sensitive thing, right? Especially when it comes to the quoting process. I mean, it's very time sensitive. So you need to respond back to the customer as soon as possible. Yeah. And in tracking and tracing, there's no reason I have to do that myself. And even, you know, the quoting is, um, I think you'd have to get comfortable with it. But I know companies are, you guys are doing it for companies. So it can be done and it can be done well. And you mentioned when you start using machine learning or some of these other intelligences that um, they get better and better. So it's not, not, when I say I got AI in there, I got that artificial intelligence. It's getting better every single week. Yeah. Traditionally, I mean, if you look at your OCR, OCR is there for a long time. I mean, it's quite a while we have OCR. Wait, what what is OCR? Uh, Object character recognition. So basically you take a document uh, which is printed or a handwritten document and then you extract the text from it. Right. It is there for a while. But now what is happening is we are applying AML on top of OCR so that not only the accuracy of the text will improve, but you can find the field wherever it is in the document. Tomorrow, I mean, today, maybe my load number is in XYZ position, right? Tomorrow, they might have changed that. So now by applying this AML on top of OCR, now we can detect even if the field has moved from one place to another, we can still detect where the load number is. And what I like about what you're talking about here is it, this is all very dry technical stuff, but the reality is this is what the industry leaders are using. They're using automation in all its forms, get faster, better, and cheaper. And if you're a, a company that has not started your digital transformation journey, 
and there's a buzzword for you, digital. If you haven't begun using the technology to your advantage, you're falling behind. And at some point, the larger companies, and I suspect some are already there, are going to be managing thousands of loads with one guy while you're doing dozens of loads with one guy. And it, and the cost per load is going to make you uncompetitive. So this isn't just about, oh, isn't this cool technology? This is about becoming faster, better, cheaper, and staying competitive. Exactly. I mean, if you look at the traditional 3PL companies, which are there for a while now, right? I mean, they have these legacy systems, which are built over a period of years, right? Now they cannot migrate from those systems overnight. But when you look at the new digital flight tech platforms, which are um, cloud-enabled, cloud-native type of systems, they are built on top of modern technologies, right? Now, how do you build that gap? Right. So that is where intelligent process automation is going to be helpful, where we can non-invasively, that means we're not changing the underlying system, but still we are exposing the capabilities of uh, uh, the underlying system to the modern digital platforms, right? So that you can actually integrate that. For example, take uh, you have a, a mainframe application or some kind of a Citrix environment where you are running your desktop and application right behind some Citrix, um, right? Now, how do I expose that? I cannot I cannot have an API for that system, right? So that's where actually RPA can be helpful, where I can actually create an um, abstraction on top of the system so that I can actually integrate my internal systems or these legacy platforms to the other um, digital technology platforms. Yeah. And by the way, I'm, I'm an automotive guy, and I can say this. We had huge, big the big companies, the OEMs, the Ford, the General Motors Chrysler, they had huge systems mainframes that had millions and millions of uh, bits of data. I mean, probably billions. I mean, it's just crazy amount of information in them. And I remember whenever we'd have a new software provider come, they'd say, well, we need to move you to the cloud. And then they say, yeah, that's, that's great. That's not going to happen overnight. But in the meantime, we can make a nice interface and yes, exactly. um, make this so you're not because no, in this day and age, nobody wants to use an interface that's not attractive. And you guys know that because you create systems. But anyway, we talked about robotic process automation, which is really the, the, the automation that might take an email, put it into your TMS. Fantastic improvement. Because now I can look and go, I don't have to look at 30 emails. I get, They all went right to my TMS. I just generate quotes. But even better than RPA is IPA, and it's not the beer. <laughs> IPA is intelligent process automation, and that actually allows it to start using AI, ML, to respond to those and really streamlining the process. And so the first thing we talked about just as terms of applications was quotes and responding to track and trace. What are some other applications you guys are helping with, with RPA, IPA? Uh so one of the main um, popular use cases that I mention always is appointment scheduling, right? So typically, if you take any load uh, that is going through a 3PL system, tendering system, right, it has to have a pickup and delivery. Now, whenever I'm doing a pickup and delivery, I need to coordinate with the warehouse or the shipper. Hey, when can I come and pick up this location? Maybe I have some special requirement, uh, special dock requirements, or maybe equipment or things like that. So I need to schedule uh, my pickup. And also I need to schedule my drop off, right? Because I need to know at what hours when the warehouse operates um, and whatever other criteria that I have. 
So that appointment scheduling is a big part of that entire uh, uh, the load life cycle. And if you look at the the type of application that we have, so today I mean we have almost like hundred plus appointment scheduling applications, and some of them are desktop based, some of them are web applications, some of them are mainframe terminal applications. They don't talk to each other. You don't have a standard uh, way of doing appointment scheduling, right? Now, how do I bring that appointment scheduling? How do I automate the process? Today, I mean, if you want to do it manually, the process is now I tendered a load. I need to go into an appointment scheduling. Uh, the rep need to log into the appointment scheduling software and then enter all the information that I have in my TMS into that appointment scheduling, whatever is required, and then book a slot and then go to the delivery part of it and then book a slot there as well. Right. So that that process it will take anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes for each load to log into the system, enter all this information. And if the slot is not available, then I need to find other slot and then go on. To right. right. So it takes, uh, it takes a lot of time. So by using automation, what we can do is basically we can automate this entire process so that the bot will basically read the information from your load, whatever you are trying to schedule, and then go to the appointment scheduling software, fill in the information for you, and pick the slot, whatever you're looking for, if it is available. If not, it's going to give you information back. Hey, the slot is not available. They have these other slots. Do you want to book for other slot, right? So that entire process can be automated using um, RPA, right? So let me ask this. When you've got uh, like a change, let's just say the driver's running late, how do how do you manage that, that at that point? Yeah, again, I mean, uh, typically what happens is once appointment is scheduled, now it's driver's responsibility to get there in time. And if not, then we need to look for uh, the alternative slot, right? Again, there will be other things that are coming up. Maybe it's uh, Friday afternoon, the warehouse closes at 5 p.m. and I'm still stuck in traffic, right? Obviously, they have to reschedule it to some other slot. So again, uh, the appointment scheduling software, the RPA can actually go and uh, figure out what is the next appointment slot that is available. And then it can rebook or change that appointment for the on behalf of the driver. Nice, nice. So now do you guys create like apps for apps for this so I can have it on the driver's phone or is this typically managed through? We typically integrate this into the TMS applications, right? So that uh, typically I mean your appointment happens way before uh, the driver is on the road, right? So so we actually integrate this into the TMS applications. Uh, and then once the load is tendered, basically it's marked as appointment required and then the bot will pick up all the loads where appointment scheduling is required and it looks at what type of appointment scheduling software they're using. Because again, most of these appointment scheduling softwares are depending on the shipper because they are the one providing information so or the warehouse right so it finds out i mean what appointment scheduling software they are using and uh, it basically takes that information take the load information log in just like a human being is doing the work right and then it enters all the information then get confirmation code and give it back to the tms solution nope i like this because one of the things that i feel like we we're creating automation which is great we're digitizing the supply chain from order to cash, which is great. We have visibility from order to cash, which you guys yes. are all providing. But what we need and what you're allowing here is we need to be able to collaborate in time. So if I say, Srini, I'm going to be late. You can't say, no, the Joe, this is a system that is etched in stone. Not, there's no changes. That's just not the reality of how, especially in the last few years when we've had so much turmoil in our supply chains. So you give me the ability to change those appointments as needed, which I like and I need. So what's another application you guys 
create using RPA, IPA? I mean, there are a ton of use cases, uh, specifically in the 3PL, right? Uh, so other use cases, document management, right? So typically when you look at uh, the entire load lifecycle, you are dealing with anywhere between six to 10 different documents for one load, right? It can go up to 50 documents. Uh, but typically on average, what we see is about six to 10, uh, six to 10 different uh, documents that are attached to a specific load. So it can be your BOL, proof of delivery, or any of your actual charges receipts for uh, those things, your BOL, right? All your tools and all the other things, right? So everything is attached to a load so that carrier can invoice 3PL and 3PL can go ahead and invoice a shipper and then that entire uh, chain of custody is maintained, right? Now, how do you again manage all these documents so typically what a driver does is they will take a screenshot of uh, your proof of delivery or bill of lading or whatever it is right and then they send it back to the uh, 3pl now what 3pl need to do is somebody physically look at this document oh this is pol this is a pod and then they have to manually attach to the load so that a shipper has visibility to all these documents now again, I mean, that's another highly labor intensive operations. Typically, most of the companies, they outsource this particular process to uh, also offshore vendors. But again, that's one of the areas where automation can be helpful, specifically intelligent process automation, right? Where once a document is received by email, uh, your cognitive services like machine learning models can analyze the document and then classify that as a BOL, right. or whatever accident charges. And once that is done, your OCR or a document understanding can extract the load number and go to your TMS system, pull that load, and then attach these documents to that particular load, right? So this entire process can be automated using your intelligent process automation. Again, when you're doing this, most important thing is you are not changing any of your underlying systems. It may be a legacy platform. It may be a Citrix environment, Windows application. You are not touching any of those things. You are basically repeating that human um, computer interactions, right? And then you are applying on top of that all these cognitive services and uh, updating your TMS system with all these documents. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I just, before we hit record, we were talking about this is um, I ran across a company that was having a problem getting proof of delivery on some very expensive shipments. And as a result, they didn't get the proof of delivery. They weren't able to invoice their customer. So, so uh, this was adding up to millions of dollars and you go, just that one document, just because the proof of delivery. So somebody might say, oh, why should I automate such things? You know, I'll let the driver scan that in one time, <laughs> one time it happens and it costs you, I mean, it, it, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in Invoicing. I mean, that's just a crazy amount of money. And if you've ever looked at the four hour work week, not that we're any of us, any of us are anywhere near that at this point, but Tim Ferriss talks about processes and say, first and foremost, can I eliminate it? And if the answer is no, then you go to the next one, which is, can I automate it? And if you say yes, then go ahead and automate it. But if you can't, last but not least, have a person do it, delegate it. We're to the point where we're not going to eliminate proof of delivery. I don't want that in a human's hands if I don't have to. I want it automated. And if anything, I would say if I need to, if I don't feel safe with it, let the human go ahead and automate. I mean, audit, double check the, for the first week. Yep, they're all in there. Here's all my proof of delivery. And I didn't touch one of them. Good. We have to get out. And by the way, um, 
what we're talking about here is a cost. All these things are costs. And the very best players in this industry are spending millions, if not billions, on technology. And you guys work with them, so you know that. If you can't keep up with just the basics, which is this stuff, I don't know how you're going to compete because this is the cost per load. Your cost per load is higher because you have more people, you have more heads working on it. We all, and just because you have a TMS and just because you have a WMS or an ERP and some other systems, maybe a CRM, doesn't mean there's not gaps. It doesn't mean there's not manual stuff. Those systems are great, but they don't do everything. Yeah. So one of the things I mean, um, typically every carrier looks for is, hey, I delivered load, right? Where is my money? So obviously the documentation plays a critical role. If carrier did not send the right documentation or we did not validate and send it to the shipper, they'll come back and say, why I see an actual charge here, right? I did not agree for this one, right? Again, I mean, it goes back into that conversation mode, right? Where it goes back and forth. But if you avoid the top front itself, then you can pay the carrier much, much faster right, earlier, right? And also reduce all that um, back and forth communication between shipper, 3PL and the carrier. Yeah. And by the way, somebody said this on my podcast, so I can't take credit. Uh, the number one question in this business is, where's my stuff? But a close second is, where's my money? <laughs> so we've talked, so I want to summarize a little bit here. So we're talking today with Srini and we're talking about streamline your logistics operations. And the way we're going to do that was with robotic process automation, which this isn't space age technology. This is stuff being was implemented and used for a long time now. And not just RPA, that's robotic process automation, but also IPA, not the beer, but intelligent process automation. This is where it's actually accessing machine learning and artificial intelligence to act as a human. And again, these are pretty much yes or no questions uh, that we're we're asking, uh, you know, uh, when we're talking about attaching documents or tracking, tracing, these aren't the highest functions of our brains. So this is not a problem for you guys to use intelligent process automation. And the applications for getting quotes, for tracking and tracing, appointment scheduling, doc, uh, document management, which is might be the proof of delivery or accessorial charge, paying people. All of those things. Yeah. And another extension to that, the document management is your invoice and claim processing, right? So obviously, when a carrier sends an invoice, of course, one is all the supplementary documents that goes with the invoice, right? But the invoice itself needs to be validated so to make sure that we are billing the right amount to the shipper, carrier is billing the right amount, right? So that we can process that faster. Same thing with claim processing also. Let's say, for example, there is a dwell time of maybe four hours because of some delay in my uh, warehouse and I agreed for two hours, then carrier is going to charge for the additional two hours, right? Now, how do we automate that? Right? Based on the contract, based on what we committed, agreed upon and what is there on the invoice. So we can automate most of these claim processing things as part of um, the invoice validation process, right? Same thing with actual charges. When an actual charge is added to your line item on invoice, now we can actually uh, take a look at the type of material that they're moving. Really, does this material require a lump or a fee, right? If it is required, then let's go and validate this. What is the allowed amount, right? If it is within that amount, then I can automatically process that based on the threshold that we set up, uh, based on the carrier, based on the shipper, right? 
we can apply those rules and automatically process that again the end goal of this is going to be how fast we can process these invoices how fast we can pay the carrier so that we can satisfy the carrier and also how do we reduce uh, the mitigations with shipper right so that we get paid from the shipper as a 3pl i need to get paid from the shipper so that i can pay my carrier right so so entire i mean optimizing this entire life cycle of your invoice and claim processing how do we make it faster yeah and by the way when you think about this business transportation logistics brokerage so much of what we deal with in the human side is there is a lot of manual functions there's no there's there's few of them now but in a lot of ways we it's clerk work that nobody's particularly likes being part of so we've all done it early in our career they say Srini, I want you to take all these invoices and I want you to put them in the Excel spreadsheet. And I want to say what the actual cost was versus what the quoted price was. You do it. <laughs> and, but it's not what we we're planning to do in our career. So we want to put the humans back into human work. And by the way, human work is calling and saying, hey, there's a problem. This is going to be a late shipment. Dealing with all of the uh, documentation around that you can check on it, you can look at it, but it shouldn't be what you're doing. It shouldn't be, oh yeah, I've got, I took this email and I attached it to the TMS record. None of that is what adds value. I mean, it adds value, but it's much, it's not a good use of a human's time. This is what IPA and RPA is supposed to do. Yes, exactly. Building relationships, becoming, I joke about it, but we're all becoming kind of data scientists. We're the ones who have to look at this, analytics and say here's how i can add more value and rather than rather than your people spending time on these routine manual stuff they could be spending time on saying trini if you call me on on wednesday instead of thursday i can save you three hundred dollars every week that's valuable that's what i want my people doing not loading stuff into systems not yeah you know, doing this is a mundane uh repetitive task right nobody, let's face it we're not good at it either yeah I, I would trust i would trust shrini's ipa over my manual skills any day and i was pretty good clerk by the way <laughs> yeah exactly i mean that's what happens right when you when you do the same operation hundreds of thousands of times right you tend to do mistakes Oh yeah, right. yeah. So that, that's what uh, Bars does better, right? I mean, your IPA no doesn't get tired and want to go home. Yeah, exactly. Your IPA never comes in hungover. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. So let's um, let's switch gears here, Srini. I'm going to summarize this one more time. Then I want to get kind of your final thoughts on this topic. Then I want to talk a little bit about more about who you guys work with. So I'm talking to my friend Srini, and we're talking about streamline your logistics operation, and we're talking a lot about robotic process automation and intelligent process automation and all of the applications that it can do for us. So it's taking the routine routine business that we deal with and making it automated with intelligence, not just, not just automating it in a dumb way. This is a smart way. And that could be quotes, it could be tracking and tracing, it could be appointment scheduling, it could be document management. And I'm sure we just scratched the surface. I'm sure there's dozens of other things that can be automated. And if I could add this, this is my little editorial. Those of us in the supply chain are talking from order to cash. And we've created some nice systems along the way. We have ERP. When I started my career, ERP was just fledgling. We have TMS, we have a WMS. We have our CRM. We have all these systems. We have our billing systems. 
there's gaps and the systems we're using today are not the systems we're going to have in five or 10 years. So what we're using, we act as if it's human nature to say, we've arrived. We haven't arrived. We are in a, a transition. And in the meantime, the very best companies are spending time and effort and money to upgrade. And they are going to be more competitive in this space. So enough of my blather. Final thoughts on this topic, Srini. Yep. So one of the main concerns for trivial uh, companies when they're adapting intelligent automation right, or process automation is some of the big companies, I mean, they may have infrastructure, they may have resources to do that. So other companies, I mean, where do I start? Right. That's where a partner can be helpful. Not only from automating the process point of view, right? It's it's about I mean setting up that CVE center of excellence for automation, right? How do we create champions? How do we educate employees within the three PL companies, right? What are the benefits of um, automation, right? And identifying the right tools, identifying the right infrastructure that is required for that. Again, it depends on the the type of customer, the size of the customer, right? So how do we bring all these things together? And uh, that's where the service provider like mtech is going to be helpful with our experience in logistics right working with uh, logistics customers for what uh, eight years now uh, with several of uh, uh, top 10 customers and a huge team of 400 plus um, associates right who are knowledgeable in this area so that's what we bring to the table especially when it comes to the intelligent automation or product development where we know this process hey this is how it should be done right so we already have a recipe for these things uh, we can quickly adopt and we can quickly uh, showcase the ROI when it comes to the RPA, specifically for 3PLs. Yep. And I think when I still worked closely in, in transportation logistics, there was always a need for coming, well, we need a guy to integrate these two systems together. And as much as we'd like to say API solved all the problems, they did not solve all the problems. I joked about it for a while that API was what you just said Oh, no matter what went wrong, we have an API. We have an API. And I know we have more and more APIs that connect one system to another easily, but it is not the full solution. We do need, sometimes you need a technology expert. And by the way, I've experienced this in the past. When I ask, can we get this done within a TMS? And they say, yeah, that'll be a ridiculous amount of money. First, first thing they say, and it'll take us about eight weeks to do it but the guy isn't available for 10 weeks. And it, and then you go back to your customer and say that. It sounds so ridiculous to say, hey, it's going to cost a small fortune and it's going to take this long, but we're not going to start it for 10 weeks because there's nobody available. And this is why, and I'm not just saying this because you're on my podcast, this is why you need a technology partner, somebody that you're working with on a regular basis <laughs> because they're not going to say, Oh, I'll get I'll get you a guy in ten weeks because you're, you're you're a customer of theirs. Yeah, so it may be surprising to hear, uh, Joe, but um, the most prominent use case in any automation is data entry, right? What we call it is a switcher operation. So basically, you take data from one system and then enter it to another system. That's the most common use case. That's a good place to start. Any, any industry, <laughs> right? Any any domain, be it uh, logistics, banking, utilities, wherever it is. The reason for that is you are dealing with at least four to five different systems, enterprise systems in any organization. In in terms of, I mean, for 3PL, your TMS or WMS is the core system. 
But to supplement that, you have to have an, a billing system, your ERP system or CRM system, and uh, some kind of a HR system that will plug into these things. Now, how does data flow across all these systems? Still, I mean, they depend on manual entry, right? Take data from this system, enter into the, your ERP system or ordering billing system, or maybe take data from your HR system and put it into your CRM, right? So still, there are a lot of manual data entry goes on. And that's a that's the first place uh, to start with, right? How do we remove this uh, redundant data entry jobs and then uh, uh, automate that process? Yep. So before you go, I want to talk a little bit. Who is the sweet spot for MTech? I know you work with transportation management system people. Do you, do you, do you also work with warehouse management system people? Yes. So, so you're actually working with the software people. Anybody who, what we call it as an uh, ISVs, right? Where software is their primary revenue generator, right? So you work with the software teams. You also work with the 3PLs. Who is your sweet spot? Who do you guys look to work with? Little, I mean, anybody who depend on software, uh, be it, I mean, 3PL or 3PL as an ancillary companies, right? Uh, who provide services for 3PL. Those are all our uh, potential sweet spot. And uh, actually, I mean, we have different engagement models to serve different type of customers, right? Especially when you're talking about IPA, we offer an end-to-end solution. Let's say, for example, you're a logistics provider. Hey, I need to automate my process, but I don't know what is RPA, right? I never explored that. Can you guys help us? So we actually start from setting up COE, uh, help you identify the process for automation, document them, develop, design, deploy, and then maintain them for you. So that's a complete life cycle of your process automation, right? Uh, so we have a couple of customers where we do that uh, engagement from end to end. And if you are somebody who knows RPA, you have a little bit of team internally, but you need to scale it up. Maybe I have 50 processes that I want to automate, but I don't have a team right now. Maybe my team will take maybe a couple of years to complete these things. Right? Can you guys help us by providing that extra capacity? Right? So we'll come in and then we develop the process for you. And then we can take it from there so that your team can focus on uh, the revenue generation operations or whatever is critical for your business, and then we can take up all your maintenance monitoring work for you, right? And the third type of engagement is going to be, I already have my bots developed. I already have all these things configured, right? Now I need somebody to maintain it because most of the times your bots need to run 24 seven. That means you need to monitor them, right? It's not that, I mean, once you build a bot, it's going to run forever because whenever the underlying system changes, you need to make changes. You need to adopt those changes in your bots as well. Right, so you need to monitor them and maintain them. So we can actually provide managed services, uh, what we call it as a robotic operations center. So we can provide those managed services. Uh, right, and then the fourth model we recently started is automation as a service. Right, so in this model, we actually take care of the licensing and infrastructure also. So all you have to do is, hey, I want to do this appointment scheduling. Can you guys do the entire thing for me? And I don't have infrastructure or I don't want to deal with the licensing. So we actually provide uh, licensing and infrastructure also. So all you need to do is provide your SME, explain what process you are doing or how you are doing it within your organization. And then uh, we can document that, we can develop it and we can actually provide that to you as a service rather than you owning that. I love this. You know, it's funny what you just described four ways you can work with customers. Early on in my career, earlier in my career, I should say, when you worked with technology people, it was always very rigid. And by the way, even after a while, when they said, we want to understand your requirements, users would always say, I don't have time, right? So I always felt like there was this, we don't have time to talk to the techies. 
about our requirements. And then in some ways, I felt like some of the techies would say, I don't care about your requirements. I know what to do. And that was the old way. And what you described there is a lot of, a lot of uh, pathways to working with you. And I think, again, I don't, I don't see any other way around it. This is where the value is added these days is automating process, freeing your people up to do the stuff that humans do best, which is sell and build relationships and improve stuff that the technology isn't working on. Yeah, that one size fit mentality does not work in the current uh, environment, uh, Joe, right? Right. So you need to adopt your process or you need to offer your services based on the customer's requirement. Yep. So one last thing. What um what is the ROI on this stuff? You got I mean it's all nice to have automation, but to, if I come in I say Srini, come fix my world and you come what is the ROI cuz the boss isn't going to do it if I can't convince him that it's worth his while. Yeah, we actually work with customers in calculating the ROI. In fact, I mean, that is one of the steps that we do when we identify a process, right? Obviously, you will have a lot of processes that we want to automate, but how do you pick the right process for automation, right? How do you create, create that priority list, right? That's where we do that ROI analysis, where I will basically follow a, a predefined documentation, right? Where we can calculate the ROI and then prioritize based on the the requirements and based on the frequency of the operations that are happening, volume of the operations and all those things. And uh, we can show that ROI up front itself before we, we can develop. So just, and I know this is, uh, give me a range for RPA or IPA, some of the functions we talked about, what is the payback period? Typically, it will be uh, for typical for typical process, right? It will be anywhere between three to six months, you will start seeing ROI. You will basically recover your cost. Yeah. And again, you're, you've already, in that three to six months, you freed somebody up to do other stuff. Exactly. exactly it's, yeah. And by the way, we have a labor shortage. We're in a weird time here. We have a labor shortage. By the way, that's not going to go away. As baby boomers retire, and I'm one of the youngest baby boomers. I'm not going anywhere, though. <laughs> As the baby boomers retire, we have a labor shortage. And by the way, China has a huge labor shortage. Russia this Russian conflict, the, part of that is their demographic collapse. So we have a worldwide labor shortage, which means we have to keep the employees we have doing the work we want them to do. But also, they're going to quit and go down the street if you make them do the work that I did when I was new. <laughs> Young people don't want to fill Excel spreadsheets. And by the way, they also know this should be automated. They're the first ones to say it. It's not old guys saying, can't we automate this? It's the young people saying, I know this can be automated. Yeah, it's not about, I mean, always about money, uh, Joe, right? It's also about accuracy, speed, right? For example, I mean, as I said, if you look at the traditional 3PLs where uh, they depend on humans in the middle, right? You have a carrier rep, you have a sales rep, somebody take, picks up a phone call, right? Now, obviously, I mean, that is a bottleneck for you. I mean, if you want to scale, Right. If you want to move from 1,000 loads a day to 2,000 loads, then you need to increase your human workforce also by the same proportion. right? And it's not possible. right? So that becomes bottleneck for you when it comes to the scalability. Now, by automating these things, right, you are going to do the same operation with less people, more accurately, right, faster, in less time. Excellent. Excellent. Srini, what I'm going to do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. I'll also put a link to... MTech's uh, website and any other links you and your marketing team give me. And um, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This is a, such an important topic. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me.
Yeah, my yeah, pleasure. We'll share the links and um, our website uh, links as well, white papers and website links as well. Excellent. Thank you so much, Srini. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.